you, Marianne. I'm Reg Taves. I'm the transitional lead pastor here at Forest Grove Community Church. It's my absolute delight to be with you this morning and to begin this series in the book of Acts. When I think about the, the, the work of the church in the 21st century, it is very much like the work of the church in the first century. And so there's so much that we can be taught through the book of Acts, and we're going to just, we're diving into this series. We're probably going to get less than half the way through the book before we get to Christmas. But we just want to spend this time immersing ourselves in what is it that God said to the early church, and what is it that God is saying to us today. So it's my prayer that God will show us how we are to be the church today. In 1965, on January the 9th, the largest landslide in Canadian history at the time occurred right in British Columbia in what was forever known as the Hope Slide. So if you've driven Highway Number 3 uh, through British Columbia, you've gone by the Hope Slide. And it happened around 7 a.m. in the Nicolum Valley area of the Cascade Mountains near Hope. According to various sources, a small avalanche occurred in the area down the slope of Johnson Peak before sunrise. The snow and rock from the avalanche formed a pile of rubble on the Hope Princeton Highway that went as high as 85 meters, trapping four drivers. While they were waiting for the crews to arrive on the scene to begin clearing the roads, a second, much larger slide occurred, this time mostly consisting of rock and mud, and all four people were killed. Bodies of two of them were never found. You'll see behind me an estimated 47 million cubic meters of rock and mud fell that day in what became the largest landslide in Canadian history at the time. The slide completely displaced Outram Lake and wiped out trees and other vegetation in the vicinity. I would suggest to you that a slide of that magnitude is an unstoppable event, geological event. At the, in the same way, the birth of the church, the movement of God in our world today and yesterday is an unstoppable force that no human endeavor can stop. No human endeavor can stop. And that's why it's so important for us to study the book of Acts, to stop and go, what is it the church was called to be and do? And then what is it the church now is called to be and do? Because that hasn't changed. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 1, and let's read some of these verses together. So if you have a Bible, that's great. If you have an app, that's great. If you can go online, you can go to BibleGateway.com, and there there'll be a search, and just type in Acts 1, and it'll come up right there for you. So if you just follow along with me, I'm reading in the New International Version. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave, them, gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, 
It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After He said this, He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid Him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as He was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who was taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Father, we invite you to open our eyes and ears and hearts to hear the word that you have for us this morning. Thank you that you are present with us and that you speak to us. May we listen with open ears, with glad hearts, and respond, we pray in your name. Amen. I want you to notice that the beginning of this book really begins to shape the concept that God's work is unstoppable. The writing of this book shows us the work of God, including the next stage in the story. The kingdom of God was coming with Jesus and is coming with the Holy Spirit. The times were not to be known. In the end, Jesus will return in the same way. We get this, this picture just in these opening words of the beginning, the middle, and the end all at once in 11 verses. As we work our way into this book, we're going to see that the work and purpose of God is unstoppable. God's work, as we see here, is good news. In Mark chapter 1, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, uh, Mark wrote these words down that, that Jesus said, The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. You see, we bring good news. God comes to bring good news to our world. Good news to us as individuals. Good news in looking at our complete world. And this good news is unstoppable news. Let me give you an example since the early 20th century, China has undergone dramatic social changes, including two revolutions, multiple wars, dramatic political turmoil, and rapid economic development just in the recent decades. Among the multitude of changes is the rise of Christianity. The Christian growth in contemporary China is quite similar to the Christian growth in the 4th century Roman Empire. Amid wars, natural calamities, and social turmoil, the number of Christians has grown in spite of persecution and suppression. There are more practicing, practicing Protestants in China than in all Europe. If the growth continues at the current rate, in less than two decades, China will become the largest Christian country in the world. And they are being persecuted. They are being suppressed. This was written back in 2017 by Feng Gang Yang uh, from the Berkeley Center. He wrote this about his own country. So even though persecution persists, the church keeps on growing. Why? Let me read you some words from Luke chapter 24. So Luke is writing the book of Acts. Now he ends the, his first book. So this is a two-book series. Luke, Gospel of Luke, the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles. The book of Luke is the gospel of the story of Jesus. The book of Acts is now the story of the early church. What does he say to bridge the gap? In Luke chapter 24, 
He says these words, Then he, Jesus, opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have, clothed with, you have been clothed with power from on high. Do you see how Luke bridges the Gospel of Luke to the book of Acts? And let's take a look now. What is he saying to the disciples? What is he saying to us today about what does it mean to be the church? What does it mean to actually walk with God in this day, not just in the first century, but in the 21st century? So let's look at the command. The first command that Jesus gives his disciples as we look at this is he gives them a direction from God, and that is simply this, wait. How many of you like waiting? I hate waiting. I'm, I'm basically an impatient person. I like to get things done. I like to, like, you know, to stand in line is not something I relish. But Jesus, God says to, through Jesus, says to his disciples, wait, wait, don't leave Jerusalem. End of Luke, he says, wait. Beginning of the book of Acts, he says, wait. And so they stayed, they waited in Jerusalem even after Jesus was taken away. What were they waiting for? They were waiting for a gift. Now, a gift is something that you receive. You don't pay for, you, you, you don't save for. It's actually a gift. If somebody gives you a gift, it's like, here's a gift. Some time ago, I did a funeral for a gentleman, and, and his wife uh, was very grateful and thankful to, to me, and, and it, was a, it was an interesting and difficult family situation. And we, I walked them through it, and that's just what you do. And she had said to me, you need to come by the house, I want to thank you. And I thought, well, you know, you've already thanked me, it's okay. But I went to the house just to be there to support and encourage her. And so I went to the house and I, I parked and I went in and we were chatting and she hands me a gift bag. And inside the gift bag is, is a manual for a car. And I'm like, what's this about? I look into the bag, there are keys for this car. And she said, I want you to have my husband's car. I didn't, didn't have to pay for it. I, she didn't say, you know, give me $2,000 and it's yours. She just gave me a gift. Very generous. And that's the gift that God wants to give us. It's a gift that we don't pay for. John 3.16, it's just so clear. God so loved, we say the world, but God so loved you. God so loved you. God so loved me. If you're watching online, God so loved you today that he gave that he gave his one and only son see god is a giver he loves to give and in this time he's saying to the early church wait wait i have a gift for you but you've got to wait for the gift and so they waited and the gift was the holy spirit now we could spend a lot of time on this and we maybe should spend more time, but the gift was the Holy Spirit and that it was God himself given as a person. So the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. It is a, he, is, he is a person who wants to be with us, meet with us, be part of us. Jesus had told his disciples, wait for this Holy Spirit who's going to come and be in each one of you. 
You see, Jesus on earth was limited by a physical body. God chose to say, I'm going to limit myself to this physical body for this time. And I think as Jesus thought about it, he said, I can hardly wait to leave because I'm going to send all of you a part of me. Every one of you can have God inside you. And so they waited this gift, this one who would give life. But what did they do? As somebody who doesn't like to wait, I love this. You see, waiting wasn't just sitting around. It was active. They were called to do something. There's two things they were called to do. One was to pray, and one was to praise. In Acts chapter 24, 52, it says, And they stayed continually at the temple doing what? Praising God. Praising God. Celebrating what they had experienced in Jesus. They were praising God together. And then in Acts 1.14, if you read just a bit further, they all joined together constantly in prayer. So the two things that God says when he says wait, he means actually praise me and pray. Praise me. Lift me up. We sang these songs. Thank you, Tyler and team, for leading us this morning. And just songs of praise, just, it just lifts our hearts as we, as we focus in on who God is and what he's done for us and what he wants to do for us. And then we join together in prayer, just saying, God, we wanna, we're waiting for you to act. Prayer is powerful, and it brings God to bear into situations. Praise is powerful in that it redirects our hearts and minds toward God. We express who he is in our praise, refreshing our heart and mind. I want to just invite you, next Sunday, we're having a night of worship. Well, why would we do this? Like, oh, it's a lot of work, and, uh, you know, the musicians have to get ready, and it's another night out. It's like, you know what? It is going to lift your heart. It is going to lift your spirit. Join us and come to a night of worship as you just want to lift God high together. In verses 6 and 7 of Acts chapter 1, it talks about God's direction, his kingdom. This question keeps coming up. If you read the, the Gospels, they keep saying, Jesus, when is the kingdom coming? When is the kingdom coming? And they do it again. Because I think, they, there's, there's, let's ask one more time. Maybe just this once, he'll actually answer the way we think, which is, I'm going to bring the kingdom. I'm going to overthrow the Romans. Yay, we've had a political change. Jesus doesn't say that. Because God's direction is, yes, my kingdom is coming, but it doesn't look like what you think. It's a different kind of kingdom. It's a kingdom that's not of this world. It impacts this world. Jesus shows that in the manner in which they thought the kingdom would come is not the way his kingdom was going to come at this time. The kingdom was coming closer in the giving of the Holy Spirit. So it came closer with Jesus it came very close with Jesus dying on the cross and rising again. And it comes even closer in the giving of the Holy Spirit. It's, there's not less of God as Jesus leaves. As the Holy Spirit comes, there is more of God. Do you realize that? There's actually more of God available than when Jesus was here. The Holy Spirit gives us more of God. Notice what he says to them, you will be my witnesses. What's a witness? 
A witness is somebody who has experienced something, has seen something, has observed or heard something. You're going to be my witnesses. That means we just express what God has done or what we've experienced in this world, in this life, as God intersects with us. But we're to be witnesses. And then where are we to be witnesses? Notice it starts with Jerusalem, which is where they were. So it's going to be close. Be witnesses where you are. Be witnesses further away, Samaria, to other places, maybe where you don't have bridges, and to the ends of the earth. So what I love about Forest Grove Community Church, they're on mission. Not just global, because global is everything. We're local and we're global. We want to be on mission right here in Saskatoon, on mission in Saskatchewan, on mission in Canada, on mission around the globe, yes. We're on mission, and we're witnesses as we're on mission. The kingdom comes closer in the giving of the Holy Spirit. His kingdom, God's kingdom, is unstoppable. As witnesses of God's power, we, we share what God has done and the way he's used us and spoken to us. And as we open our lives to him, he actually continues to reveal himself over and over and over again. And I would hope that there are times where you could say, I remember when God did this. I remember when God did this. Life-transforming experiences that God brings to us. And if you've never had that, I want to encourage you this morning, you can. See, God is here and He's inviting us to receive Him, to receive the Holy Spirit, to have a life-changing experience with Him, to be transformed by Jesus Christ, by a relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. You may have prayed a prayer in your life, but there hasn't been life transformation. I invite you to ask. Explore that. Open yourself to it. Listen. God's direction was that we're to be empowered. And it is the power of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit leads, God's power is shown and poured out. We're going to see this throughout the book of Acts. And we are living in the same era. Don't look back and say, well, that was then and this is now. No, no, that was then and it still is now. It is still now. This is the age in which we live. The age of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is here and being given to us today. And then we see God's direction is also future. The unstoppable nature of God's work is also future. We look forward to what is coming in verse 11, it says, you know, Jesus is taken up into heaven, and then the, the two men in white, angels, say this, this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus is coming back. There's a future that we're looking forward to. In Revelation 1, verse 7, John writes to us, as he's the writer of Revelation, says, look, he, Jesus, is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples on earth will mourn because of him. But he's coming back. He's coming back. So the church looks forward to this day that we live in, and then we live waiting for the next day when Jesus is coming back again. Let me close with some now what questions. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up if they would. 
Would you, this morning, as you're just listening to this, as you're maybe even reading this text, as you're saying, what is Acts 1, 1 to 11 saying to me this morning? Could you ask God to show you His direction empowered by His Spirit? What is God saying? What's your witness? What is your witness? What has God done in your life? Do you thank Him for it? Do you praise Him for it? And then do you be a witness? Do you say, this is what God has done? This is what God has done. It's your life lived. It's your example in actions and in words. Secondly, I would encourage us to be active in waiting for God to reveal Himself. Sometimes there's times where God, we just wonder, God, where are you? Where, I'm not hearing from you. If that happens to you, it happens to me. There's, there's a God, I need to hear from you. And I don't run around and try to work up a bunch of stuff. That's when I hear this command, go and wait. Praise and prayer in waiting. Be active in waiting for God to reveal himself. And finally, can we just lean into understanding and then doing that prayer is powerful when we're praying God's direction and will. Prayer is powerful. Sometimes we think, well, I'm just saying some words. No, no, no. Invite God. Say, God, what are the words you want me to say? So I go back to really simple scriptures that say, God is not willing that any should perish. So God, what do you want me to say? Lord, I want to pray for everybody on my street that doesn't know you. That's God's prayer. That's what God would want you to pray. If you have relatives, friends who don't know Jesus, he'd want you to pray for them. He'd want us to pray as a church, as a community to say, God, how do we impact each other in discipleship, but how do we also impact this world in which we live? Saskatoon, my neighborhood. How do we make a difference right here? We begin by praying, by waiting. Join with me as we pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity just to briefly study your word, knowing that it is living and active and powerful Lord, I pray the, the power of your Holy Spirit over us this morning. I pray the infilling of your Spirit for each person here. Lord, I pray that we would know that you are present, and that you invite us to walk with you, to live with you. For we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.